Hayes, Alexander, Shabbat for three, bang, oh! will get it for the win. What's going on, guys? Welcome to Dime Dropper 24 Minute Recaps, episode 30. I believe, or 31. I think it may be 31. Before we get started, please make sure to subscribe on all platforms YouTube at Dime Dropper Podcast, Apple Podcast, and then follow us on Spotify. Also, make sure to follow us on social media, all platforms Twitter, Instagram, and Facebook at Dime Dropper Pod. I don't know what's going on. I can't see the YouTube chat. I don't know if that's just my thing what's going on i cannot see the chat at all but let's start with the recap uh, worst case scenario for the live guys i'll just end the video and then go live with you guys after the recap but let's get into the games there's only two that i wanted to talk about tonight so we'll keep it short as far as the episode goes the lakers and the hawks so the lakers concluding their road trip and then we had the warriors and pistons i'm going to talk about uh from a couple nights ago since the warriors haven't gotten back in action i did watch that game uh, apologies to the Suns fans because I'm not getting to your game tonight. I'll likely get to it tomorrow night. So let's get into it. The Lakers are playing the Hawks, another dime dropper team. And obviously no DeAndre Hunter was playing. No DeAndre Hunter playing. And the Lakers came out pretty good. We're up 9-2. to uh, Dennis Schroeder was getting right into Trey Young. That was one thing I noticed in the beginning. Really good job getting right into him in the beginning of the game. But then we started to see some problems arising for the Lakers, and that was in the pick and roll with Trey Young getting Marc Gasol to come out high. And this is the weakness we talked about with the Lakers, with Gasol. you got to pull him out into space. If you're just going downhill on him and he's okay with... If if he doesn't respect your jumper, Gasol does a really good job of sagging off and letting you go into him. But with a guy like Trey Young, you need to come out to guard him at at the perimeter. And when he was doing that, Trey Young was... Getting, oh, actually, what it started was was when Trey Young was getting over the screen, Gasol would come rotate to contest him, and he would throw those lobs. And he's got two fantastic lob threats: Clint Capella because of his length, and he is pretty athletic, and you know his size, and then John Collins because of his athleticism. So with those two lob threats, you're gonna either have to give up if you're not switching. You're gonna have, and you're going over the screen. You're gonna either have to give up a corner three, a lob, or Trey Young with the layup. And in the beginning, it was the lob all day long. And I was from pulling Marcus on that pick and roll. AD a couple times in the first quarter didn't rotate in time. Didn't make the correct rotation. But as the game went on, especially the second quarter, as the Hawks started getting back into it towards the end of the second quarter. Anthony Davis started getting into it. And once again, much better shots from AD today. That's the second solid game in a row, really solid game in a row uh, for AD. Taking better shots, floaters with one hand around the basket, six to eight foot range, and then much more mid-ranges, but also mostly just around the basket. And LeBron was doing a solid job of getting him going, but I also thought LeBron was pretty pedestrian overall for the third consecutive game, quite frankly. And I saw today he was number one in the MVP. I'll get to LeBron's the ending of the game because he did end the game well in a second. But I'm not going to scream and yell about it anymore because you guys know, because my subscribers know who's been playing the best and who's not. And I will literally, if you think LeBron James has been the best player in the NBA this season, you're just not watching other teams play, quite frankly. And that's not to detract from LeBron. That's just the truth. I mean, that's just the truth. Let's not do the narrative, for one. But anyway, the Hawks, right? 
You know, Gallinari came in. I thought there were some shots that he could have made that he missed. I was like, Gallo, come on now. Rondo was actually pretty solid, especially in the first half. He was, you know, his veteran savvy was showing a lot. But there was a there was a bad period for the Lakers in that second quarter. The bench, you know, THT I don't think was that great today. I thought he was just not getting it done. He got Capella on him, switched onto him a couple times, tried to take him to the rim. He got blocked. Um, Montrader, though, really good energy. You know, picking up where he left off against Boston. You know, floaters, the the, the hustle points, the you know loose balls around the rim. If the ball's loose in the, around the rim, chances are Montrader Harrell will get there and score. And that's exactly what he was doing in this game. But the Hawks did a good job with Trey Young in that pick and roll. And that's the thing. Here's the thing about the Hawks, guys. I told you, when Trey Young is guarded well in pick and roll, he crumbles. But the Lakers couldn't guard him in pick and roll. So that's why he was getting whatever he wanted. And Kevin Herter was hitting some open shots as well. John Collins, I thought he was solid. I, here's what I've noticed about John Collins in the defensive end. He's not a bad one-on-one defender. He still makes young mistakes, but he's not a rim protector because he's only 6'8". So the Hawks' defense has gotten a lot better this year, and that's mainly because Clint Capella effect. Because if they were running John Collins at the 5 last year, which is, I don't know if that's what the case was, but I think it may have been. Dude's 6'8". Like, he has bounce, but he is just not going to deter high-level, you know, wings at the rim, and even some guards that have a great skill of finishing in today's NBA. But overall, I thought that the Lakers went into halftime and, uh, you know, close. Third quarter, though, they came out with some energy. LeBron was still finding guys. I mean, you know, making the right play for the most part. He was low turnover. He only had two turnovers tonight, which is good. He couldn't hit a jumper tonight, though, in the first three quarters, like, at all was different than what we've seen this season. He wasn't very aggressive. I think maybe he's getting a little gassed, you know. It's the mileage is starting to come to him in terms of this road trip because he was Cam Reddish. You got to give Cam Reddish some props though. He did a really good job on LeBron getting into him and trying to bait him to drive and LeBron didn't feel like driving. And honestly, as crazy as this sounds, it's kind of turned with LeBron in terms of how you guard him now because in the past you want him to shoot cuz his jumper wasn't good. And his jumper was still even when in Miami good, but you don't want him getting to the rim when he was in that stage of his career. Now that he's shooting his career high from three, which is the only thing he's doing better than he's ever done. I don't know why everyone's acting like he's still getting better. He's not, but he's getting better at threes because that doesn't take athleticism, and his game is very largely built on athleticism. But he's got still got the brain. I'll, I'll give him this, actually. The brain is improving. You know, he's the older you get, and the, the fact that he has... You know, you get older and wiser, but not many people have the ability to actually execute your older and wiser. And LeBron does, because he's kept himself in such good shape. But... KCP, let's go to him for a second. Have you guys noticed that he's better at threes, especially in the corner, than layups? Like, this dude, I could have made a full layup miss compilation from him this season, but I haven't done so because KCP's been a good player. So, like, despite the fact that he's better at threes than layups, seemingly, you know, I wasn't going to trash on somebody that's been playing well because that's the type of that's the type of shit I hate on Twitter when people take one or two clips of a certain individual and try to make it seem like that individual is playing poorly when you're just not watching the game and you're just waiting for that moment to show, or maybe he just did one thing bad out of the other things he's done well. But anyway, the Lakers went up by 9. AD started getting more aggressive. But then we saw Trey Young again in that pick and roll, getting Marcus all into space, and I don't know how many times Trey Young split it. Like, they would come up, and he would just split the double, or split the Marcus all. Marcus all would come, you know, defend him when he's getting over the screen, and then Dennis Schroeder's chasing him from behind, and Trey Young would just split it every time. And he was getting in the lane, getting floaters, getting layups, getting lobs. He was making some great passes on the drive. And Trey Young is a very good passer on that drive. And he was finding guys tonight, especially Capella and John Collins at the rim. But 
Anthony Davis at one, by the way, still a little bit of ref baiting from Trey Young. I don't think it was as bad as certain games, but you could tell the Lakers were getting frustrated about it. And Anthony Davis at one point, he got four fouls and he started to play better defensively, like a lot more blocks from behind. And he had some really good defensive plays as the game went on. I just thought he started poorly defensively in the first quarter, but he really rebounded overall. Just had a really solid game. But when AD got that fourth foul, the, the Hawks were just going, you know, keep putting Gus, Marcus on the pick and roll. And AD was like not even playing defense because he was so afraid to get the fifth foul that Trey Young was getting basically whatever he wanted. I saw shooters. Solomon Hill was getting what he wanted in the corner. They weren't really out on him. So it made it for a really intriguing fourth quarter that we were heading towards. It was a one point game, but there was a run in the beginning of that fourth quarter that was sparked by one, and I'm going to say it, Alex Caruso. You know, Alex Caruso is becoming one of the more outside of Laker Nation, one of the more underrated players in the league, because I cannot even understate, I can't, actually, I can't overstate the timeliness of the plays that he makes. Like, he just makes, that's the thing that never will go into a box score in a stat sheet. You know, as I said in his the NBA getting better and better, go watch it. Uh, as always, it's almost at a thousand. Something that will never go into a box score is when a play is made. You may have twelve points, but if you had those twelve, you know, eight points in the first quarter, then four points in the second, you don't score for the rest of the game. How much is really does that affect the game? When you have a timely charge taken, like Caruso, or a timely steal, you know, or a timely good rotation, which is what he was doing today. And then LeBron made a three. Kuz made a three. And there's the thing about Kuz, guys. He needs to be getting, like, the Lakers need to get him more involved. They can't just make him, a like, a, a, a grit guy that just comes in and rebounds and shoots a couple of open threes. Like, Kyle Kuzma, and plus his playmaking has really improved in terms of when he's making, when he's on the drive. Like, Kyle Kuzma, I really, like, in the beginning thought, oh, Laker fans are overhyping him, but it's it's really gone the opposite way, where I think people are just undervaluing because of his stat decrease, decrease decreasing, that he's not that great. And I really think that Kuz is a very underrated part of this team and a part that the Lakers should do a better job of getting going. I thought Dennis Schroeder had a couple bad moments, very similar to the Celtics game, actually, where I thought he was picking up Trey Young a bit too high at times. However, and maybe some dumb fouls, but in the fourth quarter, Dennis Schroeder made some plays. He got to the rim. Overall, he had a very solid game, one of his better ones in a while. He's had two good games in a row, honestly, for me. This one was better offensively. He was more, much more efficient. He had 16 points. He was 6 of 10, and he had three assists. All of them were just fully created by the attention he got. Wide open layups or open threes for his teammates, so legit assists, not those generously given ones. I was keeping track of them. But in the fourth quarter, the Hawks rebounded again. And it was mostly when Trey Young came in. And it was mostly LeBron being lazy. On the defensive end, there was a couple of times where the guys were getting to the basket. And he just, usually I expect LeBron to chase down or try to pin someone because that's what he's done for so long. And he just was letting them score. A couple of times Rondo, a couple of times Reddish, a couple of turnovers for the Lakers, AD in particular. Um. LeBron also on the pick and rolls with AD, he wasn't attacking. Like he seemed, as I get, again, I'll say it, he seemed either tired or just not willing to do that because a lot of it was just him dribbling, dribbling, dribbling. And that's the thing about LeBron, guys. You guys need to understand, you younger guys, like getting assists is not the most unselfish thing in the world. This is a, That's a statistical category. So LeBron is a very, when it comes to, if you want to talk about, you know, not 
that the, there's, there's levels to unselfishness in basketball. The first level is not caring about how many points you score. That's the for scores mainly, not not wanting to shoot all the time and making passes. That's the second level. Then there's the third level. That's I don't give a shit about assists, points, or anything. I don't care about stats. Period. That's the most unselfish thing you can do. And a lot of stars don't possess that in today's NBA. That's why I'm very high on Jimmy Butler, who I will talk about the Heat in a second. But anyway, LeBron was pretty poor, but as the Hawks came back and cut it down like one, Anthony Davis hit a nice floater. Very nice. And then LeBron hit a big three. And one thing I'll say about LeBron is I think he's been the best player in the NBA in terms of fourth quarters this season, closing out games. He's done a great job in that regard. And with that three and then the fast break, the Lakers came out with a big victory. The score was 107-99, and 16-6. The Lakers move on to 5-2 and two on the road trip. So pretty successful if you ask me. Anthony Davis was the player of the game for me. 25 points. Three blocks and a steal. Only two rebounds. But once again, there wasn't many times in the game where I was like, oh, AD, you should get that rebound. Because he was guarding John Collins, who for the most part wasn't around the basket. And that's the thing about uh, bigs and rebounding in today's NBA. As I said, and once again, is the NBA getting better and better? Rebounds are just willy-nilly. They're not real rebounds. They just come to the player because it's long misses all the time. Like, straight up. LeBron, 21 points, 7 boards, 9 assists. I see, this, I see the road scorekeepers aren't as generous with the assists. 5 of 12, 2 of 6, his shot was not falling. 9 of 11 from the line, so not bad in that aspect. But he made the timely plays. And he did make some good rotations as well, LeBron, in the first half. And I think one in the second half too. Gasol, not good. This was probably his worst game of the season for me, honestly. Uh, KCP, 11 points, 4 of 13. He was okay, missed a lot of open shots. Montrader, though, 19 points, 8 of 9. He even got a block, a nice one, but Caruso, 8 points, 2 boards, 2 assists, 2 steals, 4 of 7 from the field, plus 13. Again, Alex Caruso, the highest plus minus of any Laker. How many times have we said that this season? And by the way, Markeith Morris and Wes Matthews are starting to be taken out of the rotation, so just watch that out. And as we finish, we're going to go to the Pistons and the Warriors, and there's really not too much to say in this game except for the fact that the Warriors played a perfect game. Like, from the start, their defense was alert. Andrew Wiggins really set the tone, getting to the basket, hitting contested three over Jeremy Grant. He hit one in the first quarter. I was like, okay. And Steph Curry creating all the havoc in the world, coming off screens for threes, getting into the floater, taking guys one-on-one. I mean, that dude... Top five player in the league for me, no doubt about it. And then Draymond Green just holding court like a jester, passing the ball to everybody in their spots, and just a typical Draymond performance. Kelly Oubre, such a good job defensively and was much better offensively again. That was his third game in a row at Chase Center, if I'm not mistaken, that he was actually making his shots. He was bad against Phoenix. And guys, this really breaks my heart to say, but Blake Griffin, oh man. He is just not it anymore. His, the injuries have caught up to him. You know, he posts up. And he did this with the Clippers. But, like, imagine all the bad things he did with the Clippers magnified times 5 or 10 because he's not athletic anymore. Like, for example, he used to always post up too far away from the basket, which is a problem for a lot of bigs in today's NBA. As I stated in, guess what? Is the NBA getting better and better? Blake Griffin, too far from the basket. Kelly Oubre was holding his own. And, you know, what's funny is Blake Griffin, he he never had a reliable skill postgame. All he had was a a solid turnaround over the right shoulder off the glass on the left side that was inconsistent. 
that he never went through as a go-to move. He would do it like twice a game if that, and Ralph Lowe would be like, that's the move if Blake Griffin can develop it. But here's the thing about these bigs, is like, I don't feel like they don't have enough go-to moves where it's like, stop this shit. I'm gonna keep doing it until you stop it. I think a lot of players don't have that mentality. Like, I'm gonna keep doing this until you stop it. And then once you stop it, then I will adjust. A lot of players are like, oh, I'm gonna come down and hit a shot and I'm just not gonna do it again. And that's not a relentless attitude in terms of scoring. But Blake Griffin, yeah, and he was hesitant to, like, you know, get physical because they'd be soft as shit in today's NBA calling offensive fouls in terms of stiff arms in the post at times, at times. Um, I think they give the perimeter players like Giannis and LeBron and certain guys Harden to, like, shove off as they go to the basket. Much more leniency than they do big men. But ultimately, Blake Griffin was posting up too high and, you know, Kelly Oubre was taking the bumps and forcing him away from the basket. And he had no skill post game, and the Warriors ran away with it, twenty nine to seventeen at the end of the first quarter, uh, and then they just kept going. Wiseman came in and was showing some great. He had a great spin move, you know, eleven points for the young, the youngin, nine boards, five at thirteen. This game was over by the third quarter. I thought Damian Lee came in and did some great defense, catch and shoot. Jordan Poole had a good game, sixteen points. That was his best game of the season, bar none. Andrew Wiggins, 20 points, four rebounds, three assists, and some great defense again, as usual. Andrew Wiggins has to be in defensive team consideration at this point. 25 minutes of play, that's it. Draymond Green, 28 minutes, four points, five rebounds, six assists, one turnover, plus 23. His stat line will never do him justice. They weren't even trying to go at Draymond on defense. It was funny. Like, they just don't even attempt it. Uh, Steph Curry, 28 points, 11 to 17, 6 of 8 from 3. Are you kidding me? Never got to the line, but it didn't really matter. 5 boards, 7 assists, a little bit too many turnovers. Something I've also noticed with Curry, have you noticed that he's he's more comfortable seemingly passing with his left hand than his right? Like He's a very good passer with his left, but his right, he's very average. It's weird. Kelly Oubre, though, 18 points, 8 of 14 from the field. Two of six from three. A great win for the Warriors in terms of how decisively they won it. 118 to 91. They move on to 11 and 9. The Pistons are just not a very good ball club. But I'm going to say this about, by the way, Clay Thompson hopped on the broadcast. It was very enjoyable listening to him. Prayers up to Clay. A lot of people are making a big deal about his comments, which maybe were a little excessive, but at the same time, everybody's so freaking sensitive in today's NBA. Get over it. Their adversaries are on different teams. Clay Thompson saying that's not going to take Rodney Magruder out of the league. Like, get over it, man. Like, get over it. Clay Thompson, I enjoyed, though, listening to him talk. And, dude, that guy's a student of the game. He was talking about uh, statues in front of the uh, Chase Center because they were asking him, like, they were saying how, like, you, Draymond, and Steph are going to all have statues outside the Chase Center one day. And he's like, well, if I'm getting him, then that means we should also look at some other guys. KD, Rick Barry, Nate Thurmond. You know, he was name-dropping, man, run TMC. So, I mean, Clay's dad is, you know, Showtime Laker, longtime radio announcer. So, Clay is a student of the game. There's no question. Basketball runs in the fam. By the way, I know I didn't watch the game, but I'm going to show some love as requested to the Charlotte Hornets for getting a huge win in Miami tonight in overtime. Gordon Hayward is a for sure all-star this season. What a resurgence he's had and the confidence he's been given with his new team. Will they make the playoffs? I don't know, but they're really competing, and you've got to give LaMelo Ball credit. That was my rookie of the year pick. He's looking good. And the, the Hornets compete, man. And they're a fun team to watch. they got a great broadcast team with Del Curry and extremely eccentric and exciting Eric Collins. And a very cute sideline reporter that I have a little crush on. Anyway, that's besides the point. Great win for the Hornets. The Heat. Jimmy Butler's back now. Tyler Hero's back now. No excuses. They can't be blowing games like that. I saw Jimmy's last possession settling for a three since when has that been uh, his MO? But anyway, big win for the Hornets. I would say for the Hornets, if they can fight for one of those play-in spots, that would be the goal. But at the same time, 
the Wizards, hopefully if Westbrook can continue to play like we saw last night, will start to creep up. But that's it for tonight. We're going to end at 20 minutes tonight, guys. Now we're going to go to the live chat with the YouTube subscribers. For whatever reason, I cannot see their messages. So I'm going to end this video, and then I'm going to go live. I'm not going to keep the video up, the live. I'm just going to go for the Q&A because I, there's 54 of you guys in here. Thank you. By the way, like this video before you exit the video. Like this video right now. I better see those lights go up. Thank you for joining me, and peace.